You're listening to The C3 Show. Welcome to the program, everyone. My name is Joe Bettner. Joining me, as always, Mr. Sean Forster. How was your Infinity War weekend, Joe? It was very Infinity War-less. I, I did not go see Infinity War. You didn't? Well, you could have fooled me because it's like the number one movie ever, apparently. So I have seen Black Panther, and I think that's the only Avengers movie I've seen over the past decade. But Black Panther's in this! And, well, yeah. He's in it. I'll have to go back and rewatch all of the, what, 30 movies leading up to this one? It's not 30, it's like 18. <laughs> it's not that much to ask. Well, my weekend was more spent watching the NFL draft, which... Not as many OU players I thought would get taken, but OU comes out with a respectable four players taken in this year's uh, draft. And the first overall pick in the draft is none other than Mr. Baker Mayfield going to the Cleveland Browns. A huge shock leading up, I think, the week of is when they were starting to hear kind of chatter about him possibly going number one. And you're still kind of thinking in the back of your mind, no, Darnold's going to go number one. And then it just keeps building and building, and then Baker gets his name announced. Not that ESPN would know, because Baker refused to give them a live shot at his house in Austin. But Well, I was part of me was expecting a trade, that if they really were going to go with Baker Mayfield, that they weren't going to take him number one, that a trade was going to happen. Or a trade after the fact. So even when he was like drafted number one, I was like, okay, is there going to be a trade involved or something? Like, nope, apparently not. So, you know, they went with him. Uh, I, I think it's, I don't know if it's as shocking, but Denzel Ward was a really high pick uh, at number four. A lot of uh, teams were really high on him, the Ohio State defensive back. Uh, I guess that's what they felt they needed. I'm amazed they didn't go with Bradley Chubb. I was going to say, that was that was such a Browns move. I know that Denzel Ward is good, but you have the chance to get, in my opinion, the best offensive and defensive player in the draft. I mean, I, mean, I don't know. How is, how is Miles Garrett doing? Because they drafted him, what, the other, like last year or the well, year before? Even, like that. But, but even then, like, if you're going to go, if you're going to go Baker number one and then number four, you're not going to go Chubb, at least go get Quentin Nelson. Go get someone to help Baker on that offensive line because defensively, I'm not saying that the Cleveland Browns have like you know 11 all pro, you know all Pro Bowl guys, but it just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me when you've got two of those guys and then you pick Denzel Ward. I don't think it was the worst move, at least in the top ten. The fact that Buffalo traded up to number nine and could have taken Josh Rosen and they ended up trading up to get Josh Allen made the least amount of sense to me in the world and Buffalo deserves to go 0 and 16 for doing wow. that. That such was a terrible. So it's such a terrible. Like I am not a huge guy that yells at my TV. I yelled at my TV at that. I don't get the love affair for Josh Allen. If you're, if you want to go get a guy that wasn't first team in his all conference, might as well go get Mason Rudolph because wh- other than what, what is impressive about Josh Allen? It's Twitter feed. My, I love the theories that he leaked that himself. I love that quite a bit. I thought, really? I thought the theories was that Baker Mayfield leaked those. <laughs> People are throwing that around. Oh, Baker's smart, man. He went and <laughs> searched his feed. He's like, oh, it's coming down to me and Josh Allen between the Browns, huh? Well, I'll fix that racist tweet. It was a sex. 
it was know, it was like sexist lyri- tweets. It was like tweets. lyrics and stuff from like Lil Wayne songs. Yes. Uh, I, I I hope that the next Behind Baker documentary episode includes him just like, all right, it's, it's draft day. We've got it's me and Josh Allen. Time to do some work. Well, they did. They actually did do the draft day episode. Um, I haven't seen the draft day episode. Oh yeah, yet. it's it, it's it's what you think it is. You know, it's basically you know, like I think his brother or a buddy of his called his phone to mess with him. Is like, dude. That's not cool. <laughs> Just to mess with him to have his phone ring while waiting to see who's going to pick him. <laughs> I would be pretty upset, especially if he didn't go number one. Like that yeah. would be pretty. That would be pretty bad. Well, well, I mean, he was going to get picked regardless, but it was well, just sure. like one of the, it was one of those things. It was, it was just really funny. It's like that's a good prank. That, that's no, the, but like the, if there's like ease a, the, it eased the tension in the room. Let's put it that sure. Way. I was just I'm saying like if he thought for a split second he was the number one pick. And then he didn't end up being that. That would have been kind of a bummer. Because uh, the number one pick meant a lot to Baker. And I think it meant a lot to a lot of the quarterbacks at the draft. Josh Rosen, for example, said that there were nine mistakes made right. in front of him. Uh, all right. Screw Josh Rosen. Oh, come on. He's a pretentious prick. You, I can't you can, stand You him. cannot be a fan of Baker Mayfield and not love that Oh, quote. yes, I can. That I'll quote. You, I will tell you why. Because I can... Of all the quarterbacks taken in the first round, you can at least say they accomplished something in college. Baker Mayfield is a Heisman Trophy winner and led his team to three New Year's Six Bowls, three conference titles, ton of wins. Saquon, uh, uh, excuse me, not Saquon Barkley. Uh, uh, Sam Darnold at least had a big, big New Year's uh, Day Rose Bowl win against Penn State. He can hold on to, uh, you know, uh, uh, Lamar Jackson even. Lamar Jackson's a Heisman winner. He went late in the first round. I'm really happy he got picked in the first round. I was that was I don't know if you saw the picture of him and his mom just kind of like it was a very depressing live shot of him like sitting at his table and I was like, "Oh, that's it, that's not good." But we'll, we'll get to him in a minute, but I'm not done with with Rosen yet. Rosen is a cocky prick who hasn't accomplished crap in college. He was a he was like a top rivals like or uh, five-star quarterback he's had everything like everything has gone his way like his greatest accomplishment in college was at home leading that comeback against AM. after that he's been injury prone and that he's been barely on the field but he's lived on nothing but scouting reports that's all he's lived on so i don't want to hear it is not the same thing as baker mayfield i do not want to hear that story I do not want to hear that argument. I love the he, quote. I, I loved it. No, he's a cocky prick who acts like he doesn't need football. He's like, well, I could go do something else. Well, okay. He's like, you don't think he doesn't rub people the wrong way? He's a cocky, arrogant prick who has it, does nothing to back up anything he's done in college. Screw him and the whole nine mistakes and his big ears, his big Dumbo ears. I thought it was funny. So I didn't think it was funny. I thought it was pretentious. Yeah, but imagine if Baker said that. What would you think? Okay, Baker said a lot of th- Okay, when Baker says brash things, it's usually like in in favor of his like, you know, I don't like Texas. I'm supposed You're supposed to hate your rival. He's it's usually like we're going to beat Texas, we're going to beat Oklahoma State cuz that's what you do here at Oklahoma. It's more Barry Switzer. Like Josh Rosen is just like, uh, no no thank you. It, it, I, I'm I'm just saying, man, if Baker would have slipped to number 10, he would have said the exact same thing. No he wouldn't. No he wouldn't. 
Okay. I, guarantee, I guarantee he wouldn't have said well, that. It's going to be fun to see Rosen and Sam Bradford in the same QB room uh, for however long that lasts because I believe Bradford's on a two-year deal, so I don't really know. Boy, uh, I've never rooted for Sam Bradford harder in my life. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, the draft, though, kind of, I mean, with Baker going number one, it kind of set the world ablaze. It was... It was really interesting to see because I thought the Giants. I mean, they they got they went and got Saquon Barkley, which I mean I don't think is a bad pick. But for I'm just like thinking like you have Darnold available, why not go get him? They're they're gonna ride that Eli train till it collapses. I just I I think that they may I I think they're I don't know if they're overvaluing the 2019 guys. I don't know if they feel like they can like get someone good in that draft or if they can feel like they can make a trade, but. I, I I didn't like that move. I, I don't know who they're going to get a quarterback next year. Well, okay, so it's like Drew Locke, Jarrett Stidham, Will Greer, the top three guys. Oh, well, oh yeah, he's going to win like five Heisman's. That's what. But, but like what I'm saying is like the 2019 group is you can pick apart this this 2018 class, but it's not. What, I mean, the 2019 class is nowhere near. I think the talent level the 2018 class offers. I'm not saying the 2018 class will be Roethlisberger, Manning, Philip Rivers, nothing like that. But at least quite yet. But I just but don't ne- know why you make that gamble. Next year's draft is a year where an offensive tackle goes number one. <laughs> it's just it's going to be one of those years. It's an Bo- offensive Bobby tackle, Evans, defense. number one pick. Absolutely. There you go. So you figured it out. <laughs> uh, an interesting that draft, though. So Baker Mayfield goes number one. Uh, once again, a little bit of a surprise, I think, kind of lead, the week leading up, and then it just kind of became clear and clear what was going to happen. Uh, but then no more, no, no other Oklahoma Sooners went in the first round, which wasn't a complete shock. I think a lot of people thought that maybe Orlando Brown could sneak in with a late first round pick. At least a lot of the mock drafts still had him a little bit high, but he goes in the third round as well as Mark Andrews goes in the third round to Baltimore, uh, which is cool. Like both of those guys staying on the same team, uh, Devonta Lampkin also signed with the Ravens. So they're going to go join Tony Jefferson at the Baltimore Sooners. It's going to be a fun was, time. I was about to say, was it literally back-to-back picks? But it was like there was two picks in between. But still, Yeah, like, it was 83 they, and 86. Yeah, so that's uh, that was really cool to see. Is like Mark Andrews and Orlando Browns uh, going to the Ravens. And yeah, it's... Uh, it's not the first time the Ravens had a ton of OU players. Like back in like 05, 06, there was like a ton of OU players on Baltimore, it seemed, for the longest time. Like, it's like Mark, Mark Clayton. Clayton. It's yeah. like Mark Clayton. I think Dan Cody was there for a little bit, but he, he didn't really make it in the NFL. Um, I know I'm missing a few people here and there, but like it was the Ravens, the Bears for a while. And then, of course, you had Washington, who had like, like 60% of their O line was OU offensive linemen. A couple years ago, it was like it was like Williams, Chester, and I think Jamal Brown was there, but uh, I, I could be wrong on that. But anyway, just like yeah, a, a lot of players are like the Big Twelve did not have the greatest draft like they usually do because it's the Big Twelve, and like unless you're Oklahoma for the most part, and to some extent Texas, like everyone else is kind of eh. Well, I mean, like it kind of comes down to, and I think it could have been amplified a little bit if some of the guys that were just kind of 
you know, sixth, seventh round projections that could have easily gone undrafted. A few things didn't really go, or not to OU's, but Big 12, the Big 12's way as, as far as some of the guys that I think were expected to go in the draft. Marcel Aitman came in really late for Oklahoma State. Uh, both of, uh, you know, James Washington and Mason Rudolph are headed to Pittsburgh. So that's a, that's a fun little storyline. The whole AFC North is filled with OU and OSU players now. Why, why, if you're Pittsburgh, you literally just drafted Landry Jones again. Oh yeah. No, they, they, I, I don't understand that pick at all. They, I think they, they must've loved him. Like when they got to, you know, interview him and do his private workout, they must have loved what they had seen. Uh, because I can't understand why you would just get like another Landry Jones on your roster. Uh, and they traded up. I'm pretty sure to get Mason Rudolph after they got, after they took what, Washington. But um, I was going to say, as far as like the, some of the teams, like I know Texas put in like Connor Williams and they had, I think two or hey, three hey, defensive guys. Let's not overlook the fact the first Texas offensive lineman drafted just period drafted in 10 years. Pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. Uh, that's st- that's shocking considering because like Texas didn't start sucking till like what 2010, 11. Yeah, but have you? I mean, and this is just like from I guess watching OU Texas like the past ten years, but Texas hasn't had like vaunted offensive lines in quite a while. There's not been like a star guy that you can point to like oh the defense is gonna have trouble. Because that guy's on Texas's side. It hasn't really. I don't think they've really had that person. Even Connor Williams, I thought was a bit of a stretch, but he uh, he went higher. He was the second, I think, Big Twelve player off the board. He's a Dallas Cowboy. He's yeah. living the dream. He's a Coppell guy. Went to Texas. Going to the Cowboys. He's never leaving the state. Never going to do it. Uh, but other than te- Texas had a decent draft. Uh, Dorrance Armstrong of Kansas got drafted. Um, Iowa State's guys with with Joel Lanning and Alan uh, Lazard didn't get picked, which was a bit shocking, but and I don't think Baylor had anyone either. So, although there was an Australian rugby player that got picked up in the trial. Oh, very good. Very so, good. I don't think I saw, did Mike, uh, did the punter, Michael Dixon, Texas bowl MVP, Michael Dixon go on the draft. Might have to find um, him out. If I went to, looks like Seattle got him in the fifth. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Fifth round. They picked him up, so Seattle got him. Seattle had a a, very, a pretty interesting draft. Uh, they picked up uh, the UCF kid, um, yeah, and his his brother's playing there too. So that was a uh, that was a nice little story. Uh, f- looks like four punters got dra- three punters in the fifth round. There's a, three, uh, there's also a long snapper that got taken, and his name wasn't Wesley Horky. I know. Well, it, he well, he wasn't long snapper of the year. Now holder of the year, maybe. Like would have had a shot, but like long snapper of the year, he's got to work on that. He's got to work. He's got to work on his long. I, I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, you're a long snapper. You're going to be a free agent. But like everyone else, I, we did mention Oboe went to the Rams like in the fifth. Uh, no, we, we didn't get around to that quite yet. Okay. Oboe okay, so. went uh, number 160 overall to the Rams uh, fifth round. And that, mm-hmm. was th- that was the last sooner. So if you were keeping up with the draft, it was kind of a bit of a bit of a slow day for Oklahoma I think because obviously the first round only Baker went and just kind of right off the bat but then you had to wait a little bit into day two and then Oboe went on day three and there wasn't really much else you kind of thought that Dimitri Flowers would get taken there were a few fullbacks that went he he was the one guy I thought like 
I, he was going to get drafted late. Like everyone else was kind of like, I kind of looked at it as like, maybe Stephen Parker, maybe Jordan Thomas, even Eric Wren, maybe. But the one guy I felt somewhat confident would have gotten at least drafted, like at least the seventh round would have been Dimitri Flowers and his, uh, his brother, was it his cousin? Trey got Trey drafted. Flowers. Yeah. I want to say, was it his brother or cousin? I think it's his cousin. Okay. It's his cousin. So Trey got Trey got drafted, even though he owned him in, in the Bedlam game. I was going to say, Dimitri has the Bedlam wins. Trey mm-hmm. has zero. Uh, unless he, so. Well, he was on that 2014 team, so he's won. He's won. Oh, oh, well, thanks for bringing that up. As, as Oklahoma State fans like to bring that up every time they leave comments on that video I made last year. So <laughs> That's stupid. Don't, by the way, don't be I, a I loser. Am, I, by the way, I am forever cursed by that Baker Mayfield DX video I made. I can never escape it because... Oh my God! Did that come? Did that come back to life? Like leading up to the draft, day of the draft, day after the draft, my Got notifications little... blew up. <laughs> Sean's getting a little viral tweeting going. He's, I was uh, like, he's I, big I, time. I, w- I wasn't intending to do it either. It's like, well, people have forgotten about this. Good. It's like, you know, you you work hard on a Rodney Anderson video, and you pick the right music, and you know, you, you do this and all that and everything, and it gets, like, minimal attention, and then it's like, this Baker DX video is the best thing ever! I'm like, that was a joke. People only care about memes in 2018. But but, but it wasn't... I, I didn't put hard work into that. That took me, like, half an hour. I didn't, like, think about it. I just did Sean, it. Sean, <laughs> th- th- that is the way of the internet. Memes I, I know. Rule. You can't get around no. it, bud. You can't get around I, I, it. I, 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 it's a meme, and I can't I just I work hard on things and I think about like try try less just try less. I'll I'll just like yeah like I got more attention for my Baker um, Ferris Bueller pick comparison lately. People like memes. Yes. People love memes. People love memes. But uh, a few guys went as undrafted free agents. Dimitri Flowers ended up going to the New York Jets. Uh, guys like Stephen Parker will be, will be going to the Rams, Jordan Thomas to the Eagles. Devonta Lampkin was a bit weird because his training facility tweeted out, he's going to the Titans. And then Devonta Lampkin was like, I'm going to the Ravens. And so I think it's the Ravens is the, like the official word. Well, according to OU's uh, website here, he's going to the Ravens. Uh, but other than that, Jeff Bidette to the Vikings, Emmanuel Beal to the Seahawks, Wesley Horky with Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, don't believe Will Johnson has signed anywhere yet. Um, mm, I do not see his name on the free agent list here. But so. uh, Eric Wren and DJ Ward both going to Cleveland. So, okay. All right. so there, there are quite a few guys, uh, quite a few OU players that will that got some mini camp invites and a rookie camp invites. I don't know what the official jargon, but uh, that is uh, the kind of the state of the program right now. It's. It's a bit odd considering, you know, they're coming off a college football playoff appearance and they only had four guys that went in the draft. It feels like they should have a lot more. Uh, Historically, this is the smallest group of Sooners drafted when OU's had the number one overall pick. Um, Because when when Bradford went, obviously, it was a huge, huge draft for for Oklahoma. I'm trying to... uh, And and when Leroy Selman went in 76, there were seven guys... Billy Sims in 1980, there was uh, nine OU players drafted, and then in Bradford's year, there was seven. So, little little tidbit for you, Sean. But 
Well, they they move up in the rankings of having uh, the most uh, number one overall picks. Uh, with uh, they now have four, and so uh, I think they're what third or fourth, tied with a bunch of other schools. They got to be getting up there because they've. I mean, they're... it's pretty impressive. I think it's also pretty impressive that they've had two quarterbacks in less than a decade go number one. That's uh, that's pretty incredible. I mean, because there's schools like I mean, like Alabama. I don't think has ever had a number one pick. Pretty uh, certain on that. Their claim to fame of quarterbacks is that they have like what three or four QBs that went and won Super Bowls. Yeah, like Joe, like Joe Namath and Kenny Stabler and a bunch of other guys. So Namath had a <laughs> Namath had an interesting quote about Mayfield and not wanting to see, like not like literally not wanting to see him in the national championship game because he thought he was like that guy's going to beat Bama. Well, um, he that that's true because Oklahoma doesn't lose to Bama, and it's just. It's just the destiny is a weird thing, you know. It's like you know, well, we need Bama to win, but they can't play Oklahoma because we know they they'll lose. So we gotta do something even more unthinkable. Have Georgia win a big game that matters. And so it's funny to think because I I think it's <laughs> it's honestly to a to maybe not to a, a widespread effect, but I, I do feel like a lot of OU fans are just like as as much success as they've had like against Alabama, like at least recently is the fact that like you don't want to play that the, that Alabama team and how big and physical they are but at the same time Alabama just going up against an offense like OU's is just a recipe for trouble um so it's a uh, it would have been fun obviously Alabama cleaned up in the NFL draft I mean hats off to them they're an NFL factory um but they had like I think 11 guys go this year I think they had 12 is 12. the official okay all right so big, big year for them. Uh, but yeah, the, was there anything else as far as just like big surprises? I know that Dallas had a bit of a, had a bit of a weird draft, I guess. Well, they didn't draft a safety. So figures. Uh, the um, Boise state guy, they got drafted in the first rounds, promising Super Bowls. So that was, uh, <laughs> that's a good way to start your NFL career by promising things. How about David Akers when he grows up and becomes <laughs> a real boy one day, then maybe he'll learn how to talk trash properly. You, you know what, what the funny part of that was is that I, we were at a restaurant and we were watching that the, the, the TVs at this restaurant were on mute. They were playing music and like you just seeing him yell. And I almost think it was funnier not knowing what he was saying at all. Cause no, just... it, it wasn't what he was saying. It's the, the pitch of his voice like sounded like an annoying, he literally sounded like an annoying wrestling manager that would, would, would that usually like overreacts and would, when, uh, when the, the baby face wrestler puts him on his back and is going to do his big move, he's like, no, 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 no. That's what he looked like. He looked like a scrawny little shit, basically, <laughs> just waiting to get his ass kicked. There was, uh, I was going to say, between him, there was the the cool moment with the Shazir guy from Pittsburgh. Um, There's also... Yeah. That that was that was it. It, it was like initially, it's like, oh, this looks uncomfortable. But it's like, okay, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. There, he's 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 overcoming adversity. But there, I was like, when I saw him walking, I'm like, oh no. There was also the San Diego or Los Angeles Chargers fan that literally was like, it's like there's San Diego in my heart. He was like one of those fans that like got selected to call a pick at the game and or at the draft, and he started speaking in Spanish and saying some things to the NFL. So that was a good time. So. Um, other than that, uh, really just, uh, I, I mean, I think as far as OU goes, this, 
I, I think some of the undrafted free agents still have a really good shot of being something. I, I still am kind of in the camp that I don't know if Devonta Lankin should have went out, but, um, you know, you know, you, you know what I'm in the camp in. Don't tweet at Devonte Lampkin telling yeah, you what to do with tw- his life. Maybe don't tweet at him. Like, I, it's fine. Like, I understand. Like, all of the guys, because I think a lot of people, you know, a few years ago when Charles Walker went out, um, or last year, I guess, um, that thought he made a bad decision. These guys all have their reasons. Um, obviously, he's he's going to be like the the the, the sexy. Uh, label of being a quote-unquote project like you you look athletically good but like we don't really know how you're going to work out in the, when you actually get into a game and so uh he's he's got a lot of work ahead of him and maybe being no offense to guys like Ruffin McNeil and Calvin Thibodeau maybe being in an NFL organization will help him grow as a player because I do think he's got a lot of raw ability and so going to be interesting to see what he does with his career but um other than that the NFL draft is uh Come and gone. Um, really, really weird draft. The, the, there were there was there was things like Danny Etling and um, going in the seventh round, as well as Tanner Lee from Nebraska. Um, other than that, though, Sean, just uh, quite 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 the we, we we've got a long offseason. I, I I don't know what the next thing to look forward to is now. Well, if you're into recruiting, it's probably the big barbecue in July, so we're a little say, ways off from that. I've been. So I was going to say, like you know, the the three pillars of the off season, the, the Sean Forster's three pillars of the off season. Um, we've got Phil Steele coming in a few months, um, or at least I maybe... guess I, I guess that's true because it's just the the pillars have altered. Like that's like old two thousands pillars. Like the, the pillars don't really exist or have meaning much anymore outside of Phil Steele because it used to be Phil Steele's magazine, uh, EA Sports video game comes out. Oh, we should talk about the. Have you seen like the 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 startup like college football? We talked video about it last game? time. Oh, we did. Okay, I thought we. Yeah. I don't. Know. It's been like it's been a while. So it's like yeah. So th- th- we'll see how that turns out. I think it's gonna fall flat on its face. Um, but you used to have that. That doesn't exist anymore. And then it used to be, hey, the top twenty-five comes out, and it's like, and on some level, that's still it, it's a talking point. But like those polls don't really matter at the end of the day. So it's like, well, at least you have a starting point with the with the uh, the coaches poll, and then the AP comes out like literally. 10 days before the season. So I was like, okay, here we go. Polls are out. Once the polls are out, it's like, yes, the season's officially here. I mean, obviously I think, you know, there's, there's still, I mean, as slow as it's bad, there's still going to be recruiting throughout the summer. The opening was to, uh, was in Dallas on Sunday. Um, and a lot of OU guys out there, there were some updates to the, I, I know you don't go by the 24 seven composite, but guys like Theo Weiss, um, and, Theo Weiss got his fifth star. He was already a fifth star in Rivals, so therefore I don't care. Like no, just <laughs> uh, and then Jerry and Jones uh, moved up in the rankings. Uh, so also da- Dax Hill. I was say Dax Hill releases top six, and that's a guy that like I hear some good things about where his recruitment's going, and um, he had OU, OSU, Ohio State in his top six, and a few other places but that's the that's the booker t kid lincoln riley can't lose him no definitely not 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 like last year with um who was the kid that went to ohio state again yeah josh you can't you can't lose that battle two years in a row you just can't so you you have got to win that battle and uh it's crazy that it's also ohio state again 
Like, well, I mean, I mean, Ohio, I mean, Ohio State's involved, and sure, Alabama's going to be involved. I mean, you, you got, you have, everyone's kind of has to realize that's like, look, just because they're in state doesn't necessarily mean they're in love with the school, like oh, you like you are. So you got to remember that they've sometimes that maybe when they were kids, they grew up and say they didn't see Oklahoma as the big school that they grew up with the SEC SEC propaganda. Well, so I was gonna say, gotta... like, I think the more we get into it, cause I just talking to some of these recruits, they don't really remember a time when OSU was not a good program. Um, they have kind of grown up in a world where OSU is a legitimate team. Um, maybe not to the point where they're on Oklahoma's level, but to where they're a respectable program. I mean, um, they played in a couple of big bowl games and did well in one and were yeah, I mean, embarrassed it, in another. It's just weird because like, we're, getting, we're getting to a point where kids born in 2000 who were, you know, seven, eight years old the last time o- OSU was bad or, you know, and they were kind of getting up into their teenage years around the time the sec was kind of coming up as like the best conference. Like nobody remembers the Bob Simmons era of Oklahoma state. Basically it's like, it's, it's, it's pretty much it's, it's all Gundy. It's pretty much all Gundy. Unless you remember less, less miles being there, which I mean, all of them were four years old though. At that point, like who, who would remember those days? Like other than like, just like a huge, like avid Oklahoma state fan, that this has been following it forever and is just so happens to be a college football prospect. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's, uh, I think it's going to be tough because I think Oklahoma has had a lot of luck with getting in-state guys to stay. Obviously they've missed on a few and um, football and basketball, but it's worked out a lot. It's worked out quite a bit with guys like, you know, Gerald McCoy and Bradford, obviously getting Trey young and Blake Griffin to stay, um, it's, it's a difficult process, but man, the way that Lincoln Riley is, is, uh, got this program going. I mean, it's a whole different ball game. Cause I, I think you, if you're an Oklahoma fan, you should feel more confident in what Oklahoma's doing recruiting wise. Um, thought it was super smart of Lincoln Riley to be on the NFL draft pregame show with the college game day crew. I, he answered one question, but Still just getting, you know, being in front of that camera, being on ESPN for a little bit is not bad because you see the other guys on there. I believe Nick Saban had his own segment and Kirby Smart was there. But um, that, 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 you know, Lincoln Riley's doing things. He's doing them differently. He's doing the things that Bob Stoops didn't really, I guess, maybe not understood, but just didn't go out of his way to do. Um, And then the whole baller move of going straight from the Dallas pregame show to on a private jet to Austin, Texas to be with Baker Mayfield on draft night. Uh, pretty, pretty cool moment. Um, pretty, I, I want to ask you this cause we didn't really talk about this before, but how did you feel about Baker saying no to ESPN and the live shot and kind of shutting them out completely from his, from his day? I didn't, bo- it didn't bother me at all because it, it wasn't like he went off and did some douchebag like i'm gonna go on a binger with my buddies he was with family and friends and that's what he he wanted to keep he he basically said if you watch the behind the baker stuff he wanted to he wanted the people that were loyal to him through the the good times and the bad times and you know i can respect that you know that's he said i i don't i don't want to keep this a family thing and he and plus he had his own deal with his his uh little do, his docuseries which is really good i i've enjoyed i, I saw every episode and um my favorite story. Uh, do do we tell the? Do we talk about the 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 Brett Favre agent story? We have not. That I think oh. that's come out just in the last week. Okay, so 
the story he tells of like uh you know the super agent i forget his name he goes on and on he's like they'll give the pitch and then and then he literally asked baker so it's like so what did bob stoop start recruiting you and then he's like excuse me it's just like he repeats the question he's like i gotta go and he hangs up on him because the super agent literally had no idea about his story. Not even like the basics. Like you don't know that he's a two-time walk-on. That that that's basic stuff that like every ESPN like third-string sports center journalist knows. They always they they always it's mentioned nonstop whenever he's talking about the two-time walk-on Baker Mayfield. That's why his story is so amazing. And you don't even know that. That's how much you pay attention. So. And he basically he said he cares about personal relationships and building up personal relationships. And I think that's why, you know, he kept it small and he just, you know, I'm going to do this myself. And um, and at the end of the day, it worked out for him. So personally, I'm a big fan of it. I mean, it's it's a little bit along the same lines of, I guess, with a lot of players are doing now is like trying to control their brand, trying to control their message. And I think the, the players tribune has done a really good job of giving players a, a bit of a voice, even albeit maybe through a ghostwriter or two. But, um, I, I thought that it was a really cool moment. And I think a lot of people really enjoyed the fact that they could, you know, watch all the way through. And if Baker would have fallen, you know, wherever he would have fallen, he would have fallen. But I mean, they had this live stream going, showing him waiting for the call, you know, getting the call and getting to celebrate with his family. And he did that all through like Instagram and Facebook. And I thought that was just such a cool thing. And, you know, a lot of the guys that were at the draft, obviously, you know, had that experience of getting to go up on stage and, you know, shake hands with Roger Goodell and, you know, it's fine and dandy and that's what you want to do. But, you know, being around as many family, uh, family members and friends as you possibly can, um, probably was a lot more appealing to Baker. And I thought it was a really cool thing to see. Um, and I, I do wonder, because I thought this was a good point, though. Um, I thought, I, I believe it was Reggie Bush who was saying, like, if, if you're not guaranteed to go, you know, like, top five, which I think Baker was pretty much guaranteed top five, but if you're not guaranteed... Well, he, he was he was guaranteed top ten. Like, yeah. He, was, he, he, could, he wasn't I mean, going to fall below the Dolphins at a what, 11 well, or he, Yeah, he easily could have been in Rosen's position if if the Browns are like, okay, we're going to take Allen, and then, like, New York's like, oh, or, or not New York, but if, like, the Jets, yeah, the Jets of New York um, said like, Oh, well you're not taking Darnold. We'll take Darnold. And then Buffalo trades up to get Rosen or something. And then there's Arizona who also traded up, I guess, to get Rosen. But you know, he could have easily been the guy to fall. Um, And I thought Reggie Bush made a good point saying, you know, if you're not guaranteed to go like top three, top five, that, you know, it's such a big risk you take of, you know, being embarrassed on national television. It's much more comfortable to be with your family and friends to be at home and just watch it on TV than to be at the actual draft. Because, you know, there was a point in time where I was like, man, Lamar Jackson's not going to get taken. There's no one that's going to take him in the first round. Um, But then Baltimore uh, uh, selected him with the 32nd pick um, and it worked out for him. But still a little bit, you know, I I think it's good on Baker. Uh, The weird thing about Baker is just, I feel like the expectations are so low for him right now that he really can't lose in, in Cleveland. And maybe maybe you disagree with me on that. Um, but I feel like there are so, like a like an overwhelming majority that does not think this is going to work out. And a Baker, even if Baker turns them into like a six or seven win team, I still think it's an accomplishment. Oh, absolutely. Because, I mean, 
there's you can only go up at this point. How could like you went zero and sixteen the year before? How do you not go up? Like if he yeah, if he takes them to five wins, it, it's an improvement just by default. Now I, I'm sure he's not. That's not his ceiling. I'm sure he wants to like you know try to win the Super Bowl first year if he can. But I don't think that's li- realistic. That's going to happen. But if you could, I think realistic. If like things go well. Like I think the ultimate ceiling is like eight and eight and miss the playoffs, but I think he can be competitive if you have a quarterback, and uh, you can do any you can go far in this league. You need to have a quarterback, and I think it'll take Baker. Uh, I don't know if they're going to start him week one. I think it's gonna. It, it just depends how he does at camp, how preseason goes. So we got a long road ahead. Like I don't know if he's going to start week one or week two, but. Uh, it's going to be a process where he's going to have to earn the job. Like who, uh, Tyrod Taylor's there at the moment. Yeah, so Cleveland's they... already kind of said he's the is the starter, but at least for the time being, a lot can change between now and but, in August. But uh, but the, the the second Cleveland starts struggling on any level, it's like when's it Baker Mayfield's time to the number one pick? Because like you know, Jared Goff had that issue. Jared Goff was the number one pick, and it took it took him a while. You know, to eventually start like they sat him for, like old school styles, like because people forget that in the old days, like if you draft just because you drafted a guy number one doesn't mean you necessarily started right away. There was a few exceptions, but it was like you would always have a guy like take a clipboard and, and learn for a year. But uh, yeah, there's there's going to be that wonder if he doesn't start right away is like, when's his time? When's it Baker's turn? When's when's it Baker's turn? And, you know, um, you know, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I got to. People are worried about the whole Cleveland uh, fiasco and how they've been running through quarterbacks and everything. And, and yeah, that's a legit concern because you can call it a curse. You can call it poor management. You can call it whatever you want. The fact of the matter is they've gone through like 20-something quarterbacks since the franchise like uh, basically came back into existence. So, you know, is Baker just going to be another name on the long on, on the jersey meme, you know, of like the laundry list of pinned to the back of the jersey? With like I think the first one was Couch Tim Couch and then it just went well, from like, there. So like, so like and I've I've written about this a few times in the past week, but I mean Cleveland as many quarterbacks as they've gone through, they've taken like four guys, four quarterbacks in the first round since '99. Uh, Tim Couch, a number one overall pick. They took Brady Quinn, the Notre Dame quarterback, Brandon Whedon at Oklahoma State, and then Johnny Manziel. Whedon was always a stretch to me. Well, like there was so, I mean, all those guys, I never thought Brady Quinn was amazing in college. I never thought I, I didn't, I was very much in the boat that Johnny Manziel probably wasn't going to work out in the NFL. It, it, it never seemed that way. It didn't seem like, cause I think the whole Johnny Manziel 2.0 comparisons to Baker are completely lazy because cause of their skill set is so much different. And obviously I think people, I think honestly, people just look at the fact that Baker, Baker can scramble in the pocket and they're like, Oh, that's Manziel. Oh, he has an arrest video. He's Manzel. You know, it's it doesn't matter the fact that like Manzel's doing hard drugs and like literally doesn't know how much to, you know, be a quarterback. It's just you have these very very loose connections that people have made and have turned into a story. Um, a lot of old takes exposed as far as calling, you know, Baker saying like all this stuff's going to affect his draft stock, you know, grabbing his crotch and saying, fuck you to the Kansas sidelines going to, is going to really hurt him in, in the draft. And it hasn't, it did not, it didn't hurt him at all. 
Um, what, what about the the radio guy in Cleveland who said he would eat shit if uh, Baker was uh, number one? And I hope it happens. I hope it's like the scene from Step Brothers where they make Will Ferrell's character eat the dog poop. That's kind of dangerous because, you know, you could get septic and everything. You know, that's kind of... Um, you shouldn't make stupid... You shouldn't do stupid stuff like that or say stupid stuff like that. This is true. Like, but... I almost had to get a Greg Popovich tattoo, but thankfully the Spurs were beaten five games. But regardless... You know, just don't... wait, wait. Why would that be a bad thing for you? It wouldn't. It wouldn't. <laughs> I love Greg Popovich. I was about to say. Um, but anyway, uh, Baker, though, I I fully expect him to. <laughs> Honestly, Sean, here's my, here's my theory. You can mark me down for this. Put me down uh, right. for the next few April, years. April 29th, uh, 4.45 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to say Baker leads. I'm not going to say he leads Cleveland to winning seasons. But he is going to take them to a few like five win like a five win season, maybe his rookie year, a seven win season, his second year, and then like eight like not much improvement that that third year there, and then they get rid of him, and then he goes to a better team and becomes an elite quarterback. Because I feel like that's how this plays out. Um, mark me down for that. Okay, so you're saying that like. Cleveland's, Cleveland's going to get restless. They're going to give up on him just before he becomes really good in the NFL. Does Baker lead them to a huge upset against anybody during those that three-year period? I think you're going to see at least one or two games where you're like, oh, okay, this, this guy could be really good. But I think there's going to be just – I still think there's not going to be enough around him to take that like to turn Baker has said, I feel like I'm the guy that can turn that franchise around. And obviously having a great quarterback can do a lot of stuff for your team. But I do think that in, in the NFL, if you don't have a defense, you are not going to go anywhere. All uh, right. So, so nothing, seven wins in a season is your ceiling. You're saying, I, yeah, seven wins. I don't uh-huh. think they quite get to five. I, I think unless something, I'll say this, an asterisk to this prediction. Unless Cleveland starts drafting a lot better and makes make, keeps making, because I thought their offseason transactions up to the draft were pretty good. I didn't think they were bad. Tyrod Taylor didn't make a whole lot of sense, but I mean, they want someone maybe just that they know they can trust week one at quarterback. But I think unless man, that management, like if, if Hugh Jackson and Dorsey really figure it out, and they could. I could be completely wrong. I, I'm probably completely wrong. But I'm, I'm going to go down and say Cleveland gets impatient. They give up on Baker like a season too soon. And then he goes somewhere in free agency or in a trade. And they're going to regret it. Well, he's. it's very unlikely he's going to keep the same coaching staff after his rookie year. That's I also mean, true. Because Cle- Cleveland's got the new GM, and it's like he didn't hire that coaching staff. So, you know, if he doesn't like how things are going or if he doesn't like the way things – I mean, there's a chance – there's like a rumor that, like, the Browns are going to also have uh, hard knocks this year. So <laughs> if you love behind the scenes of Baker Mayfield, if you're into that, then get ready for more with HBO, uh, apparently. And I think that's the – how could that not be the choice, especially with Baker Mayfield? It's going to be fun, man. I'm excited for that. I, I saw that the other day. Yeah, There's yeah. also, uh, I'm pretty sure, like, Baker sees uh, Saquon Barkley week one of the preseason. 
Um, oh, then, we're doing preseason hype now. I see. Okay. Well, no, no, no. I'm just saying, like, you're, that that first preseason game the Browns have is against the Giants, and then I'm pretty sure he gets the New York Jets week three, and then he faces Pat Mahomes on November third. I want to say. Oh, so, so an actual regular season game to might maybe get excited to get excited week, about. Okay. Week three of the regular season, he faces the Jets if he's the starter. So. Uh, I'm going to look at actual um, regular season matchups and not preseason. That's because... what I just said. Week oh. three of oh, the regular I... season. Oh, okay. yeah, for for the Chiefs, right? Or, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm saying okay. for the for, okay. I'm saying for the Brown, the Browns in the regular season, they get the Jets in week three. Okay, because you were saying preseason had me confused. All right, I got it up. Now. So no, I was Giants... saying I was saying the first week of the pre of the preseason they face well, the Giants. Well, he's got to go up against Mason Rudolph week one. And yeah, I don't. Th- the thing is, I don't know if if Baker or Mason Rudolph will start to begin the year. <laughs> so, you're, Which, so you're saying, so you're saying, there's a chance Ben Roethlisberger will start for Pittsburgh. You're saying that that's there's a chance. Is he is he is he still hurt or something? Or am I, I missing something? No, no, I'm being facetious. Yeah, he's gonna he'll be a, I, 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 a big unless Big Ben decides to retire in the offseason, like he kind of hinted at like last year or the year before. I was gonna say I don't know a whole lot about the NFL, but I was pretty sure I was like, well, unless he has like a two-year, like timetable to return from just an injury. Look, just look at all the interesting matchups. You got Pittsburgh, you got New Orleans, so Drew, so Baker versus Drew Brees. We're assuming Baker's playing at this point, but of course, Jets. You got Baker and Darnold. You got the at the Raiders, uh, Baltimore. You got the you got a bunch of OU players there. Uh, at Tampa Bay, Sunday, October 21st. So going up against Jerome McCoy. Jerome McCoy might sack Baker Mayfield. How do you feel about that? Um, I think it'll be fun. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I'm, fun. I'm really excited, honestly, because the AFC North literally is the Bedlam division now. Because you've got like a lot of OU guys and a lot of OSU guys. on. Well, Pittsburgh has Washington and Rudolph and Landry Jones. You've got... Baker, uh, Emmanuel Agba, and Dominique Alexander in Cleveland. Um, I'm forgetting teams in that division. Oh, you got Baltimore with Orlando Brown, Mark Andrews, and then what's the other team in that division? Um, but yeah, it's a it's a fun it's a fun little league. It's a fun you little forgot, division. You, you forgot the Bengals. The Bengals with Mixon, and uh, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, and they also have Jordan Evans. So that's right. They and they get to see all of those teams twice a year. So what you're saying is I'm going to be watching a lot more Cleveland Browns games. You got to get the future. NFL direct uh, direct pass or whatever it's called. Well, I mean, considering the fact that, you know, they play Tampa, so I'll get that one, of course, for sure. That's the that's the for sure game I'm going to get. Uh, any other, maybe Atlanta, I might get that one depending on the week. And yeah, that's about it for me. I am guaranteed like all three Florida teams basically every week, and the Dallas Cowboys for the most part. Are you got the Cowboys down there? Well, they're they're the Cowboys. Like at at worst, I miss two games due to regional games because they usually play like a crappy team. But like the Cowboys are always national TV. They're always a ratings draw. They are America's team. I think they can win the NFC uh, East next year. Really do. They got I think a shot. it's hilarious that uh, like the, the the they obviously were at AT and T Stadium for the draft, and I feel like the boos were a lot louder for Roger Goodell than they've ever been because they're a lot more people. But well, yeah, there's a. <laughs> they also had like Aikman on stage and a few other guys, but Goodell has more heat than Vince McMahon did when he 
was rivals with Stone Cold Steve Austin like 1998. Is, so. is Goodell the most hated uh, GM or not GM commissioner of pro sports right now? Uh, I would say yes. Uh, uh, Gary Bettman's up there if more people cared about hockey. I was going to say, if David Stern was still in the NBA, I think he'd give him a run, but I, I think people are pretty fine with Adam Silver. Yeah, Adam Silver. There's nothing to hate about uh, Adam Silver, really. So Silver's uh, doing it right. He's doing it right. But yeah. Um, well, uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's come and gone folks, the, the NFL draft. Are you, are you, are you excited for the NFL season? Are you, 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 well, considering we got like four months to go, you so, excited, yeah. you excited to see these guys shine in the NFL? Well, I'm sure we're going to hear about mini camps and we're going to hear about training camps and we're going to hear all these sorts of things. Everyone's going to come out with their post draft analyses and everyone's going to grade drafts because it's, you know, you can grade. You, you can always grade how someone's draft went because guys haven't played yet. And so therefore you're going to grade it now. Just based well, on... I mean, I, I really asked this question because like, I feel like this is the most hype an OU player has gotten out of like, you know, the most hype developed by an OU player since Bradford. Cause I feel like everyone wasn't necessarily like switched over to the Rams, but there was a lot of Rams jerseys in Oklahoma city. Once that oh, happened. Oh yes, there were. And there will be a lot of Browns. <laughs> A lot of Browns jerseys, I think, popping up in the Metro. So there'll be some he- there'll be some hesitation by some people, but yeah, there's. Uh, I think he's, uh, he's number two in sales. Uh, well, after as of Friday morning, he had the second most jersey sales who's, so far. Who's number one? Barkley. Really, Saquon. Okay. I'm excited, man. I I really like it. It's. I think it's going to be either Saquon Barkley is going to be really fun, or he's going to really suck. And I don't think I, there's a whole lot of in between. I think he's going to really suck. Well, I, I uh, don't like, I, I know, um, I, I know, uh, who's Penn State? I, I'm blanking Penn State coaches again. Who's, who's that coach at Penn State? Totally blanked. I'm blanking as well. So, oh no. What, what happened here? What I just think do? of Keegan Michael Key every time I think of Penn State now because he's a huge Penn State fan. Uh, James Franklin. I know James Franklin was on the game day uh, draft, and he was like, well, "Well, Barkley did that in his like early years." It's like, yeah, but he didn't do it after the fact. He's not a. I think you kind of have in order to be a, you got to be somewhat of an every down back. And it, I just don't. He he he's he's Saquon Barkley to me is a lot like Joe Mixon. He either hits a home run or he just gets stuffed at the line. That's fair. I think he's Joe Mixon, but without the horrible, horrible video. I mean, do, do you, so do you think that like if Mixon hadn't like had the whole thing happen to him, it, he would have been Saquon Barkley? I, I really I, believe. I really believe that. No, I agree. I agree. Because like, rem- look at what he did in 2016. It was ridiculous. He was really, he was really amazing. I think Rodney Anderson has a really good shot to become a star next year in the in, in the in college football. I, I, I didn't make a hype video for him for no reason. <laughs> I think he's got a real shot to be something special. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna be the guy that's like, oh yeah, people are gonna point back to the second half of last season, but people kind of forgot about him because it was like it was all about Baker Mayfield and you know and what he was gonna do. But yeah, I, I think that whoever's quarterback for Oklahoma next year. Rodney Anderson's got a chance to make some noise and get a lot of love for award season. Heisman, it just all depends. Uh, I, I know there's going to be, be Buki. S- oh yeah, Buki's winning the Heisman. I forgot. I, I'm. I don't know. I, I'm worried about. I I I worry about overhype for him. 
That's what I've always, I mean, I jokingly said that he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer by the time we get to August. And I say that because, you know, you got to worry about hype and hype. If he doesn't get like 12 picks week one against Florida Atlantic, people are going to ask, what's wrong with Buki? He hasn't played yet. Let's just, just, just let's pump the, the Heisman talk a little bit, just a tad, because I think he's buying into it a little bit as well. And I worry about that somewhat, but I want to see him produce first. I'm excited about him. Don't get me wrong, but it's like I don't know if he's going to be a Heisman guy. That's a unless he's going to play receiver and return kicks. I don't think he's that. That's realistic. So yeah, I'm doubting Buki. Yeah, that's what people are going to say. Does it? Does he have the speed to to return kicks and stuff? I don't know. Like uh, you figure, like there's other speed guys that are going to like be in the kick returns and punt returns. And... Well, I would assume that Marquise Brown will get a lot of that. So. I think, that's probably, I think that's the safe bet for a lot of return stuff. Oh, he's loaded on offense next year, so it's going to be a... Uh, no, Sean, Ky- it's going to be too tough to overcome without Baker Mayfield. As Kyle, oh, yeah, because Kyler Murray is declaring for the uh, Major League Baseball. No, Sean, Kyler Murray's going to go to their MLB draft, and they're going to have to settle for that quarterback, Austin Kendall, who's a four-star coming out of high school and fits Lake Riley's system perfectly, but he's not Baker Mayfield. I think he's gonna be fine. Usually, usually I'm the one who does the, does the voices of like. <laughs> I'll be honest. I um I get annoyed quite a bit, and I go I, I I honestly I don't feel like I tweet nearly as much as I used to, and it's because people irritate me a lot. People say a lot of stupid things. I saw something the other day that said like, "Well, Baker's not really a walk on. He had multiple offers, and he deliberately chose to be oh, a walk on." I, saw, I, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, his multiple offers were like four, and they were to garbage schools. Sorry, Drake Stoops, you're no longer considered a walk-on because you had multiple offers and you deliberately chose to be a walk-on. So, sorry, buddy. You don't get any props. He chose to accept the challenge to try to compete at a school that gets like four- and five-star guys on the regular basis on the offensive side of the football. So, yeah. Just just please. Just, they're, they're, oh, God. I hate Drake you. and I... Drake and Isaac are going to be like wonder twins and like take over the big 12. I think, I honestly think Drake has a lot of potential to be really good. He was really fun to watch in high school. Watch one of them, like make a big play to win a championship or something. (laughs) Kyler Murray to to Drake Stoops, 76 yard pass. There'll be a college game day segment about it. And Tom Rinaldi with the, with the sad piano music, a boy living the dream. The what's, legacy. what's funny is that like they have foot like ESPN has footage of the the Stoops twins like when they did the 2011 all access thing because I remember there was like a few segments like where it was Bob and his kids and I think that'll be like the, I'm sure they're gonna pull pull some stuff out of the archive um, if they ever do anything like that because I, I think that it might get to a point where if OU or if Drake Stoops you know becomes a contributor I think that he will be a big storyline. When we asked Drake's father, Bob, about whether he'd be a success in college football, he said, certainly, no question, in a good way. <laughs> Bravo. Bravo, sir. Bravo. Tom <laughs> But yeah, I'm, uh, it'll, it, it'll be a fun time. Maybe Brett Favre's agent will ask Drake Stoops what it was like getting recruited by Bob Stoops. <laughs> so, so when did Bob Stoops start recruiting you? He wasn't on staff. At all, <laughs> which is surprising. Well, you know what? Yeah, that's if 
depending on like he he could have said he was recruiting him technically. I guess so. I was gonna say it's it's surprising. That... <laughs> when did Bob Stoop start recruiting you? The second I was out of the womb. <laughs> he was just like, "Come on, kid, <laughs> sign with the Sooners. You're gonna be a star." It's like nothing like that, but. I'm not going to have Antoine Savage and Curtis Fagan forever. Come on. Got to get you to work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, um, Sean, it's good talking to you, bud. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll be back, I'm sure, in the near future to talk more Oklahoma football because there is surely a plethora of conversations to be had about the Sooners. Uh, well, I am working on my stupid video essay thing and. Oh, now it's a stupid. You were super hyped about it last week. No, I'm still hyped about it. I just gotta. I'm. I'm. I'm touching up the final like uh, script of like you know because I'll be narrating this thing. You That's gotta believe be... in yourself, Sean. I believe in myself. It's just. It's just trying to like trying to find like pinpoint information on the internet without asking people directly about the '90s because like I misremember things. And trying to that that's like the, that's what's kind of holding me up a little bit. It's like, all right, what happened here exactly? Because I was kind of a kid at the time, and I vaguely remember people saying things, but like you know, word of mouth. And it's like, okay, did Schellenberger's wife really go around town saying, you know, she was like, you know, do you know who I am? And, you know, try to find like actual like you know printed evidence and people talking about it. So it's called Barry Barry Trammell. He will, yeah, I'll just give him a call and say, hey, Barry, I need, like, everything you know about 90s OU football. I'm not even joking. Barry, if you email him or call him because he puts his number and email on every one of his columns, he will get back to you. You know, he's, he probably would, but I'll save that for, like, an actual, like, I have no idea where to go. So I'll, I'll try to find everything. All right. <laughs> well, good luck to you, sir, in your endeavors. Um, hope it uh, works out. But anyway, um, thank you guys for listening once again to the C3 show available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Make sure to follow us on the Twitter machine. All the links are in uh, on soonerspodcast.com. Um, so be sure to, to go subscribe, download the show. It's a fun time. We love talking with you all. So anyway, for Sean Forster, until the next episode, my name is Joe Bettner. And I mean, I guess in the next episode, my name will still be Joe Bettner. But until next time, we'll see you later. Or will it? Who knows? We'll see you later. Later.